All right, welcome back to the showcast and another interview portion of our show. Uh, our next guest this week has really uh, has been all over the map. Uh, he's been a vampire, he's been a mutant, he's been a doctor, and he's even been a Haitian drug lord. Uh, you can currently catch him as Dr. Zed on TNT sci-fi drama Proof, which airs Tuesdays at 10. Uh, we want to welcome Eddie Gathegi to the show. How you doing, Eddie? Oh, man, how you doing? I'm very good, very good. Good. Pleasure to be on with you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so I would guess since uh, the season finale of Proof is coming up, you guys aren't still filming Proof, are you, right now? Oh, we finished back in the late April, early May. Yeah. we wrapped up. Yeah, so where are you hanging out right now? Right now I happen to be in New York. I'm back and forth uh, between Los Angeles and New York. It was New Orleans and L.A. Yeah. Uh, now it's L.A. and New York. Oh, uh, yeah, we always like to hear a uh, an East Coast guy hanging out in New York, being from Philly ourselves, so that's always good. <laughs> There's no greater place to be than, like, right now in, in the city when the weather's dope. Yeah, yeah, the weather is real nice. I hear that. Awesome. So uh, how about you tell us a little bit about uh, Proof, the show, and a little bit about your character, Dr. Zed, as well. Well, the long and the short of it is, and uh, for those of you who haven't been watching, shame on you. <laughs> uh, for those of you who haven't been watching, our show is basically, we're trying to figure out if there's life after death. We're trying to tackle... Life's biggest question, what happens when we die? And I play Dr. Zidane Badawi, uh, and I'm part of a team, and the team is basically comprised of me, Jennifer Beals, uh, who plays uh, uh, Catherine Tyler, and uh, Janelle Ramsey. Um, the three of us are just uh, investigating cases of near-death experiences, trying to get closer and closer to the truth. Um, and... It's a fascinating show. Uh, I think, I think our, our fan base, those that are watching, uh, really like it, um, and it's and it's well done. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And then, what kind of uh, I guess research goes into that? Because obviously, nobody knows the answers to the questions that you're trying to answer. So, what uh, <laughs> what kind of uh, research are you doing headed into the show to kind of get into the mood for it? Yeah, no, no, nobody's got the answers to, to the life's biggest question. Yeah. Um, I, I think for anybody who uh, has or hasn't read uh, Proof of Heaven by Dr. Eben Alexander, he's like the neuroscientist who, um, who had a near-death experience. And sure. he basically, his, the premise of his entire book was, I operate on brains. I'm like the, one of the foremost authorities uh, that would tell you that when your brain is dead, that there's, no, there's nothing to bounce off of your cerebral cortex. You have no... Uh, no way of, of having uh, visions or any sort of brain activity, and, and he was pronounced dead and had visions. So he said he's the biggest skeptic. He, he more than anybody would be able to tell you that, that there, wasn't, there was not, there's not life after death, but he experienced something completely different yeah. and wrote a book about it called Proof of Heaven. And uh, our show, uh, I, I don't want to put words in the writer's mouth, but if you read the book and you watch our show, you'll 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 see the similarities. Um, so in terms of research, for me, I did read that book after we had gotten into production just to familiarize myself with that pursuit. And there's tons of books out there. And then also it was just a matter of, uh, of not studying medicine because there's no way that I'm going to cram eight years of medical school into you know one season yeah. of filming. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. My research has just been my life experiences, you know, who, who my character is in this world and, and what his passions are, what, where, where, his, uh, where his emotional uh, life lives and his moral compass, where that stands. And yeah. 
uh, his vulnerability and, you know, et cetera. Yeah, that's awesome. And I am a little bit hesitant to call this sci-fi because it's certainly the way he described it. It's more on the science side than the fiction side. Um, but more on the fiction side, you have been in X-Men uh, as Darwin, and you also played Laurent in the Twilight Saga. So this isn't your first go at this type of genre. Uh, but the Twilight side is kind of more what I wanted to talk about because I got to believe that those fans are just crazy off the wall at certain times, especially at premieres and stuff. Uh, can you take us into your world a little bit as, a, as one of the stars from a series that was as successful as the Twilight Saga? The Tweet Saga? The Tweet Yeah. My yeah. friend Jared, he's hilarious. He loves to mispronounce everything that I've been in. Hey, Edie, were you in Tweet Week? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't into sci-fi before Twilight. I got to attribute Twilight to opening me up to the whole sci-fi world. Because sure. I just was not my jam. You know, I'm like one of the few people that I know that still hasn't seen Star Wars. And uh-huh. I mean, I'm going to say that on the radio. People are, I'm going to get hate mail. Yeah. <laughs> we're a nerd podcast, so you're going to get hate from us, too. <laughs> <laughs> sci-fi was not my jam but you know when i got thrust into this uh this franchise you know and i had to do my research i just i started to fall in love with uh with sci-fi and in terms of the fan base from twice from tv uh it, it's it's huge you know yeah. i mean taking us back to comic-con after we had wrapped the first twilight before it was released apparently um you know six thousand people camped out in front of uh hall h uh, in San Diego, and when they got in and we we took that stage, they screamed for us at the highest decibel level that Hall H had experienced to date. <laughs> I mean, these fans were rabid. That's crazy, they were, man. They were, they were insane, like, you know, hungry for a bone. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of fun, man. For a second, you felt like you were a Beatle, like a rock star. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, it's not bad for a guy whose first love was basketball, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I know. I, I never got that love playing basketball, especially the way that I played. You know. <laughs> can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about? It was kind of. It feels like it was kind of a pivot point in your life, um, just because in my research, it seems like if you didn't have an injury while you're playing basketball, you wouldn't really be an actor at all today. <laughs> that's that's like absolutely true. Like <laughs> I attribute that sports injury to like me finding my passion. You know, yeah. um, I hurt my knee and I just got depressed. And I wanted to take a class that was easy, right? Yeah. So I took an acting class, and I discovered that it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, <laughs> but it was very challenging in all the all the ways that my DNA made up, you know? It was perfect for me. And I decided to pursue it professionally. And, you know, even if I was never successful or, you know, success is relative. You know, if I, if I would have had a career in theater, I mean, that's successful as well. Yeah. Um, I would be just as happy pursuing something that I love rather than uh, something that I didn't. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, absolutely. Of course. And then um, kind of, I'm sure a lot of people are happy that you picked up that acting career. And I certainly am in the sense that uh, you played Cheese in Gone Baby Gone, which is a great Cheese. movie. Cheese. Like Clinton, Clinton, I'm friends with this dude named Clinton Sparks. He's a DJ. Yeah. And whenever he texts me or calls me, that's the first thing he chooses. <laughs> that's great, man. Because he's from Boston and he loves that we shot that in Boston. Yeah, this, this is kind of along the same lines as uh, the question I was going to ask you because Gone Baby Gone is certainly more up my alley than Twilight is. Um, and I love the line 
from you that ends with me I, too, bro. Me uh, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pray for her because she's gone, baby, gone. That's the, that's one of the oh, best the lines. Title line, son. The title, title line. line. That's the best. You know, tell me, you get that in the street. Tell me, someone has come up to you in the street and recognized you as cheese and given you that, even if it's a friend or something. I need to know that somebody's giving you, know, you that it line. Does, it, it doesn't happen all the time. As a matter of fact, it never happens that somebody comes up to me and says cheese, <laughs> but it. But people, people, every now and again, people come up to me and recognize me from Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. And that's a good day because <laughs> Gone Baby Gone is, is one of the uh, projects that I'm most proud to have been a part of. And I love that character and I love that experience. So when somebody, you know, somebody recognizes me from Twilight, that, that kind of happens all the time because the movie was so big yeah. and lots of people saw it. Even if they didn't want to see it, they had to take the girl, they had to take the girl to the movie theater. <laughs> so that, that movie has a lot of eyeballs on it. But Gone Baby Gone, that grows $20 million in the box office. It wasn't uh, it wasn't big box office, but it was critically acclaimed, and yeah. uh, the performances by everybody were, were terrific. So it was a good thing and part of. And people don't recognize me from that, and when they do, I, it just warms my heart a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. I love it. Yeah. Um, and we've touched a little bit now um, on Laurent and Cheese, kind of bringing them together. Uh, you also have a role as an antagonist coming up in the Blacklist, coming up in the new uh, season here. And uh, that's a lot of villains to be playing, man. And you seem like a good guy, so <laughs> kind of a, kind of more of a research role here. How do you channel that antagonistic uh, energy without taking it into the real world on people? <laughs> you know, it's it's really funny because when I when I first did Twilight <clears throat> and I'd go places, you know, people would be freaked out. You know, they'd be like, "Oh my God, you're so you're so nice. <laughs> you're nothing like you're nothing like Laurent." And it's like, "Well, I, I'm acting." Yeah. And now I've sort of been uh, accumulating. I've been collecting these these bad guys that I've been playing. And I think the goal for me is every villain I play, I got to offset it with like a nice guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just just keep it well rounded. So yes, I'm about to play uh, the villain on the blacklist, but you know, I got Zed on proof, who's like the sweetest guy in the world. He's got the biggest heart, you know. Yeah, he's totally loyal and kind. Um, and I did this movie with uh, with Travolta last year. And I think that's going to come out this fall. It's with Rob Brown and Michael Pitt and Chris Abbott. Cool. Jack Earl Haley directed it. It's his directorial debut. It's called Criminal Activities. Cool. And uh, uh, Travolta's kind of terrific in it. Everybody's, everybody's terrific in it. It's like a fun caper film. But I play a bad dude in that, you know, so uh, I have to offset offset that one with a nice guy. Um, so I'm, I'm, like, looking for a role, guys. I'm looking for a role. <laughs> well, providing a, <laughs> providing a twist, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Zed doesn't seem like too bad of a guy in proof here. Yeah, that is that does not have a bad bone in his body. Yeah, that's know? what I'm thinking. I didn't know if there's some kind of huge M Night Shyamalan twist coming on us, but he seems like a pretty good. You know guy. what? Let me not. Yeah, let me not say that. You, you never know. Plus, <laughs> we get picked up for another season. There's, yeah. there's an arc that could happen. You know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then now, just talking uh, with you back and forth a little bit here, I've realized that we've covered a lot of different types of work. Uh, that you've done in, as well, and I haven't even mentioned you had some roles in in House and Justified, and you were. Uh, a little in random, a uh, couple of CSI episodes, and you're even in an episode of Veronica Mars, which is a cult classic. Um, you, essentially, you've been everywhere. Do you have a role that kind of sticks out uh, as your favorite over the years, one that you would just uh, either really proud of or really enjoyed being a part of? Yeah, we talked about one of them. Gone Baby Gone was, is definitely one of my favorites. <clears throat> it was yeah. a defining moment for me to, to be uh, amongst that company. But the other favorite role that I've, that I've ever played... Um, was in a play, actually. <clears throat> a play 
that Tracy Letts, people might know Tracy Letts from August Osage County, mm-hmm. which was the Broadway play that uh, was made into a film with Meryl Streep and a bunch of other famous people. But he wrote this play, lesser known play called Superior Donuts. And I was fortunate enough to do that at the Geffen Theater with Gary Cole. Uh, and it's about a dude in a donut shop. And, and I play a young kid who gets a job at this donut shop. But the role was uh, was just a dream role. I got to be, you know, vulnerable and, and sprightly and, and dark at times. It was just such a three-dimensional part. Um, <clears throat> and I got to play on stage and have fun. There was a moment where I did this Michael Jackson impersonation. Nice. It was full. It was, like, <laughs> totally, totally fun. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be, like, one of my favorite roles that, yeah, that's awesome. And it was a little bit of uh, another research thing, but I think I, I recognize that title. Uh, was there some kind of award acclamation that came with that role as well? Yeah, I, I was uh, I was nominated for an Ovation Award, which is, uh, I think, Los Angeles' version of the Obie Award, which is the uh, Off-Broadway Okay. Um, award, I guess the Off-Broadway Tony Award for, for New York. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't win that. But I was I did win the uh, NAACP award uh, for that performance. Ah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, kind of talking about the the theater acting, it kind of sounds like um, a little bit of a passion comes out. Do you have a, a preference? We ask all our people that we interview that do theater and uh, cinema. Do you have a, a preference of one over the other, or kind of uh, so different? I guess. I mean, they're 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 all vastly different, but then you know. The, they're they're the same. Can you say that? Can you say something that's completely different and the same at the same time? I mean, you just said it. I think you're allowed. Or I, I am, I'm a walking contradiction. <laughs> um, I, I I love them both for different reasons, and both of them are challenging for different reasons. Like I said, one of my favorite roles has been on stage, but I love working in TV and film because you get to affect more people. You know, what I'm doing. I was at work today for the Blacklist, and you know, you're just aware that you know when you walk onto a hit show. You're aware that you know within a couple weeks' time you're going to be seen by 10 million people. Yeah. You know, and you can't reach that many people doing you know theater in a black box. Yeah, no kidding. So there's, there's something magical about knowing that you're going to connect with uh, a huge population. Um, so that's what's cool about TV and film. And then TV and film also, you know, the paychecks aren't too shabby. You know what I'm <laughs> that works saying? out well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's cool, you know. Uh, you, you get to upgrade your your uh, the way that you live. Uh, if I if I made a living, and people make great livings off of theater, you know, depending on how far they get. Um, but theater for me to to do theater exclusively would be uh, more of a struggle, you know. Yeah. And it's just it's it's great that I have the opportunity because at the end of the day, I also realize that these opportunities that you get to work uh, in TV and film at, the, at, at a high level, they're so rare. You know, yeah. I've got so many talented friends that are just beast, they're in beast mode with their acting, yeah. and they don't get the breaks, you know? They don't get the opportunity to uh, to show the world what they got. And I, a lot of a lot of this industry has to do with timing and luck, and I, I get lucky, man. I get lucky. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly earned it a little bit as well along the way, I would think. <laughs> yeah, well, you prepare, you know, you prepare, you make sure you got what it takes, and then and you hope that everything falls into place. And sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. That's the reality. Yeah, it's just the way it works. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to let you go now, Eddie. Uh, we covered uh, our time here, but uh, first I'm going to remind everybody to go ahead and watch the season finale of Proof. It comes up Tuesday at 10 o'clock on TNT, and like uh, Eddie said, 
Uh, shame on you if you're not watching, but if <laughs> you can catch up on the first nine episodes on demand if you haven't seen them yet. Uh, and also be sure to follow Eddie on Twitter and Instagram at uh, I am Eddie Gathegi. Is that right? That's exactly right, my brother. Perfect. All right, thanks so much for joining us today, Eddie. We really appreciate it. Thank you, too, man. Have fun. My pleasure. Awesome. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back with more of the showcast right after this.